0: hello welcome to panda spaces i hope you enjoy the content in each episode remember that these were recorded live during a twitter space so at the beginning of each episode there might be a few minutes of music feel free to fast forward or skip to the next chapter and enjoy thank you Evening my friends. Welcome to Bamboo Book Time. Good morning if it's morning for you. Good uh, afternoon. We've got David in the house. We've got Emma up up here already. Let me bring up David. Emma, how are you doing?
1: I'm good. Um I don't know if I've missed any spaces and I'm so sorry if I have, but I've been like busy and really tired and The other night when I told you I was talking to my friends, I'm sorry. I didn't want to be in here, but I also told my friends that I would talk to them. Um, Just a little tired, but that's it.
0: Well, I don't think you have missed any. I had to, well, we skipped last night, I believe. And gosh, anytime you join us, we're just happy and thankful. So don't ever feel uh, pressured to miss one here and there (laughs) that's really kind of you i i'm actually very curious emma are you are you into nfts at all or uh or do you just like our spaces
1: i am into nfts um i have friends that are into nfts and they're teaching me but i still don't know much about them (laughs) Um, but yeah i am into them
0: well, are you, do you have Discord?
1: I do not. Um, but I am planning on getting it when I fix my phone. I broke it a couple weeks ago. Okay. Not gonna
0: well, <clears throat> as soon as you're ready, uh, we've got a lovely Discord community. I know you'll you'll enjoy it in there, even if it's, Aside from NFT stuff, but that's exciting. You're into NFTs also. That's awesome. And uh, Dave wants to let us know. Hold on. Dave just sent me a message. His, he's having he's having a hard time with Twitter, so I think he's going to restart and come back. Dave's so kind. Keeps me updated. <laughs> well, um, okay. So I did want to start off the space, let everyone know that we will be discussing – uh, chapter 18. It's a great chapter. I'm excited to get uh, thoughts from anybody that would like to come up. Please go ahead and request. If not, uh, we'll wait for Dave. And pff, if it's just Emma and me, that's awesome too. So I did want to remind everyone that these books for this bamboo book time are available in our health and fitness utility. Please take advantage of that uh, utility every single month. You can come away with uh, really great stuff and we have books two of them now a part of that utility so just one quick little reminder about that and I have to tell you anyone uh, I know these spaces aren't always about NFT stuff uh, but I do like to give updates because I know the community is also interested in that Uh, I had an awesome awesome onboarding tonight uh, I didn't have it, but my friend who is in our Panda fam, uh, he was just hitting me up like, yo, I'm so sorry. I missed the free vacation giveaway. And I'm like, Hey, no problem. That's, that's uh no problem. We do that every month. You'll, you'll catch one. So we started talking and I was giving him some updates and he's like, wait, what? You're doing what? So he he started looking into the free vacation certificate cuz it's it's ridiculous and he was like hold on a minute let me let me look at this. It took him a minute to fully grasp like exactly what I'm offering with the rebate for the free vacation. So <laughs> by the time we were done because uh, his girlfriend started looking over his shoulder got so excited about the travel and was like what I just need to own some pandas. Okay. Teach me. And it was really exciting. And, uh, she swept, let's see, which panda did she sweep? The little gel, the gel suit with the, uh, fast food hat on. (laughs) It was really awesome. And, uh, Just really exciting. The, the travel is such a great deal. So, uh, not only do we have the health and fitness utility that we talk about during these spaces with our books and everything, but our travel, and uh, especially with the new update uh, with my rebates and the heads up kind of sneak peek, I've given you a little bit of talk about paying for the affiliate aspect and the startup costs there. Ooh, we are going to build an elite little membership of successful people. I mean, this is my friend; he's a nurse. Uh, his girlfriend is a nurse as well. Uh, they like to travel. They have money. They're ready to. They're ready to spend it. And uh, it's just fun to watch as the floor price gets higher and higher. It's still just a ridiculous deal for people that are looking into the value so there you go there's my 10 minute intro of nft updates (laughs) i was just so excited um let's go over this chapter this chapter uh, is titled hold on let me pull up my notes this chapter was titled what everybody wants And everyone can have a different answer for that. But the principle itself is be sympathetic with the other person's ideas and desires. So let me go ahead and read through these key takeaways, and then uh, we'll get some thoughts out there. To foster goodwill and soothe irritated feelings, use phrases such as, I don't blame you for feeling as you do. And if I were you... I would undoubtedly feel just as you do. People are products of their environment and experiences. Think about the other person's life and how it has been different from yours to help understand their actions or motivations. People crave sympathy. Give it to them and they will love you. Apologize if you offend someone and be sympathetic to their feelings. If you are insulted or offended yourself, Strive for the personal satisfaction of controlling your temper and returning kindness for an insult. If possible, wait to respond to a message that has upset or offended you. Let your temper cool and think through your response carefully. Show people the benefits of doing as you suggest from their perspective. How does the action benefit them? Principle, be sympathetic with the other person's ideas and desires. <clears throat> and this is a uh this is a tough one uh because i think as humans you know we we want to be right we want to tell people why we're right and we want to tell them why people they're wrong and we want to explain why where we're coming from and and there's just something uh satisfying about convincing someone that they're wrong and Uh, there was a story that, uh, Dale Carnegie used in this chapter to express this principle. There's a lot of different, really great examples. One that stuck out to me was the story of a young girl that was learning how to play the piano, but she loved to grow her nails out. She just, it was very important to her. And her mother would tell the piano teacher, uh, I can't get her to cut her nails. Like, good luck. Good luck. Uh, I support you. (laughs) You can do whatever you need to. Essentially, the the teacher had approval from the mom to force the girl to cut her nails. Well, the the teacher didn't do that. She didn't scold. She didn't threaten. She didn't... uh, She came from the angle of what this principle is trying to tell us she was sympathetic and uh they use the word sympathy not empathy she was sympathetic towards the girl's situation and she said listen if i had nails as pretty and well manicured as yours i would understand and have a difficult time wanting to cut my nails also uh and so i completely understand if you don't want to But keep in mind that with shorter nails, you'll be able to find the keys easier and play them quicker, and I know that's important to you also. So just give it some thought. Well, the next week, she came back to practice with her nails cut, and the uh, teacher asked the mom, like, what did you do? How did you get her to cut her nails? She said, I didn't do it. She did this all on her own. She gave it some thought, what you told her and however you said it, uh, she went ahead and made the decision for herself to go ahead and cut him. And as a parent, boy, oh boy, do I relate with this chapter. Um, I also relate to this chapter as a son. Uh, I I disagree with, you know, uh, a lot of stuff. And throughout life, you, you – come to kind of live in your own culture and uh, you get told that what you're doing is wrong. And so you, you get offended and you want to uh, explain, uh, no, actually you're wrong. And it's really easy to get caught up in that. I think in the, in the business world, this is an easy principle for me to, uh, this is a really easy principle for me to abide by. I think as a father, I do a pretty good job at this. Now, as a friend, I think I need to work on this. Uh, if a friend hurts me or offends me, I, I, I guess deep down inside, I j- it it doesn't take me long to get upset because it's like, how could you? I thought you loved me. You know what I mean? And it's like, even with family, it's a little bit different because family, it's like you kind of grew up fighting and bickering and so it's it's just kind of like part of the family to kind of be that way but you you love each other at the end of the day but with like friends if i get hurt by a friend i i take it so personal and i get myself into arguments and i i'm doing a lot better i i do have to give myself some credit that i'm doing a lot better but i think it's because for about the past decade i've noticed this uh, about myself. And I've, I've really, uh, had to work on just, if someone says something mean, just letting it slide and trying to think like, okay, now why did they say that? And what I really loved about this chapter, I got to read it out loud. This is the last thing I'll, I'll kind of give my thoughts about. There was something so good. Oh, I should have, uh, I should have marked this down. Here we go. Okay. So he's, he's explaining, take Al Capone, for example. Suppose you had inherited the same body and temperament and mind that Al Capone had. Suppose you had his environment and experiences. You would then be precisely what he was and where he was. For it is those things and only those things that made him what he was. The only reason, for example, that you are not a rattlesnake is that your mother and father weren't rattlesnakes. (laughs) I I like that. It's hilarious. And then I love this part right here. You deserve very little credit for being what you are. I think that's actually, it can come across offensive at first, maybe to someone. It's like, in our adult life, maybe we can start taking a a little bit more credit for who we are. But really, honestly, it's pretty true. We are a result of our surroundings and our upbringing and our parents and the friends and the people around us and everything. So I, I like this. You deserve very little credit for being what you are. And remember, the people who come to you irritated, bigoted, unreasoning, deserve very little discredit for being what they are. And this is the part I love, and this is what I've been trying to abide by a lot more. And it kind of sucks because I don't like to sympathize or pity people, but this is what he recommends. Feel sorry for the poor devils. Pity them. Sympathize with them. Say to yourself, there but for the grace of God go I. Three-fourths of the people you will ever meet are hungering and thirst for sympathy. Give it to them, and they will love you. And he goes on to explain, you know, even with the most irritated, upset people, whether it's in business, with customer service, or as a friend, or whatever it may be, it's just like, if you can feel sorry for them a little bit, it really works. And he also then went on to say, Make it a challenge. Make it a challenge to get those people to either like enjoy the moment or laugh or be happy or thank you or like really there's, there's, uh, when you're dealing with an upset person and you, you fight it with more upset feelings and words, it's just like pouring gasoline on a fire. And so, uh, it is a fun challenge. Dealing with a difficult person, you can either be like, ah, oh, this a hole, I'm going to turn up my volume now. I'm going to turn up my heat. Or you can make the wise choice of trying to diffuse it, try to come from their perspective, say, hey, I understand. If I were you, I'd be feeling the same way. And that's true. You don't have to lie when you say that. When you say that, listen to the words. If I were you, I would feel the same way. That's so true. If you were them, if you were Al Capone and you lived his life, his upbringing, his everything, like statistics are very, very clear and a good science. And statistics would probably turn turn out the exact same way. So if you understand that principle and you make it a challenge to try to see from their viewpoint – Help them understand that you're trying to see from their viewpoint. And you can say things like, "If I were you, I would feel the same way." Even if deep down in your heart you you don't feel that way, that's not what you're saying. You're not telling them, "I feel this way." You're saying, "If I were you, I would feel this way." It really is a magical phrase. Uh, only a couple times in my life, when trying that technique, does it backfire. Uh, but that's that's only when you're dealing with a, a really unreasonable person, and they try to find every reason, even when you're doing successful things with the situation and trying to diffuse it properly. Some cases are just a lost cause, and people will continue to find any reason to be stubborn and fight against it, and that that's hard. But when you're dealing with a level-headed person and you say something like that, yo, if I were you, I'd feel the same way you can even add a probably in there and make it a little less like, okay, what you're doing is okay. You're not, con- you're not condoning it. You're not approving it. You're just simply saying like, yo, if I were in your shoes, like chances are, I'd probably be feeling the exact same way. And that means a lot. I know when I go off and have my temper tantrums, it's like the last thing that will help me calm down is someone saying like, yo, 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 calm down. You're wrong. Let me tell you why you're wrong. Like, It's like, even if like someone disagrees with me and I know it, when they come from a perspective of like, yo, look, I'll just listen to you for a minute if you want me to, you know, I'm not going to agree with everything, but. Let me have it, and i'll I'll probably understand at least where you're coming from at that point. that That is really helpful. And um i I do like s- certain phrases I would love if anyone has uh, certain phrases like that, like if I were you, I would feel this way. Um, or even red flag phrases. So those are those are kind of my last thoughts to to open things up. Emma, what did you take away from all of that?
1: Wait, were you talking to me?
0: Yep, I was wondering what you took away from all of that. What do you think about being sympathetic with other people, their ideas and desires? did we lose
1: you? <laughs> no, it's still here I'm just thinking. <laughs> oh that's okay
0: <laughs> do you have do you have any um, phrases that are triggers for you in a situation if you're upset, or you're trying to deal with someone that's upset. Are there any phrases that don't help? Can you think of anything like that?
1: Um, what you glitched out.
0: If if you're in if you're in a heated argument, or let's say you're upset, or you're dealing with someone that's upset, can you think of some phrases? I was just talking about a phrase that is helpful. Can you think of any phrases or things that people say that? are not helpful at all?
1: Um, not off the top of my head, but there probably is.
0: So I think here's here's one for example that I, I thought of off the top of my head. I just don't think it ever helps to tell someone to calm down. <laughs> do you? Yeah. What do you think about
1: that one? No, that doesn't help at all. Why do you think? I think that would makes me more mad. (laughs) I probably would get more mad if somebody says that to me.
0: Yeah, why do you think? I'm genuinely curious now. Why? I because I think that's the same for everyone. I don't care who it is or like on what level of calm or not calm you are. I think that phrase is one that will just it will make the situation worse every time.
1: I just, I don't, I, I don't know. Like, I just, I hate it. Like, I don't know why you tell somebody to calm down when they're mad. It's just, it's going to make it worse. Not going to make it any better. Now, see, if we were in a different situation, like, if we were, like, um oh, like, upset, not like, fighting, just upset, like, crying and stuff, and just, like, telling them to breathe and calm down, then that kind of helps. But when you're in an argument, no, it doesn't help at all.
0: <laughs> exactly. that That's a good... uh I'm glad you made a comment about you know there is a a good time to tell someone to calm down and if you're if you're at that point where you're helping them breathe or whatever you know and you and you're really helping them calm down in a in in that setting i think I think that's fine, yeah, for sure but um i I just think that in the end most of these chapters and principles it's like okay think about the end the end chapter the end phase of whatever argument or decision that's being made or or discussion that's being had you want to walk away friends i mean unless you you genuinely have an enemy and you want to like maintain that status of enemy like all of these situations we talk about are like life friendships love uh children parents all these relationships that we do want to keep intact business relationships boss employee these are all relationships that we do care about that we do want to keep intact and we do want them to be healthy and we do want them to be successful. And at the end of the day, most of these little principles that we talk about are like going to help us with the end result, which is we walk away happy, still friends, still respect each other, no resentment, no hate. And, and we continue on a path of smooth sailing. And it's like, there's so many times when of course I want to tell someone to like, yo, calm the F down. You're acting crazy. Like that's that. like who doesn't have that go through their head when they're dealing with someone that's irate or upset or like that feels so good to tell someone that it's just like, yo bro, take a chill pill. Gosh. Like who hasn't said that to a brother or a friend or like, yo, chill. You're annoying. Like, it just feels good to say that to a little brother. I've never had a little sibling. So I, that's obviously hypothetical, but it's like, I got told that a lot <laughs> and it feels good. It feels good to tell someone like, yo, you're kicking the back of my chair. Will you freaking knock it off? You're so annoying, you know, or you're, you're at the, the movie theater and you hear someone smacking their lips behind you. And it's like, it feels so good just to tell people off. But, at the end of the day, when you tell someone off that you love and you actually do at the end of the day want to go to bed at night without hard feelings on either end, it's just it's, – it's smart and wise to choose your words carefully. And I, I think that it really is important to recognize phrases that are good that will help the situation get to that point and also phrases that are bad like yo you're acting crazy calm down (laughs) and what else can you think of any other phrases good or bad that just don't help situations emma I'm trying, I'm trying to think of others as, as I was going through this chapter, uh, they do give great little one liners that I find are so helpful. Uh, but I almost feel like this chapter could have just a full few pages of like, here are some other phrases that are very helpful. Um, but what I do like also is that this book is so simple to the point of it it doesn't complicate things. Like this chapter, it literally says, wouldn't you like to have a magic phrase that would stop arguments, eliminate ill feeling, create goodwill, and make the other person listen attentively? Yes? All right, here it is. I don't blame you one bit for feeling as you do. If I were you, I would undoubtedly feel just as you do. I like that. Like, that's literally what this whole chapter is about, is that one line. And then he goes on to tell a few stories about it. And, like I said, he could go in till I mean, there's probably 95 great alternatives to that sentence. There's probably... 123 amazing like B and C and D categories of this same uh, principle, but with a twist of what situation you're dealing with. So it's like, we can really get, Oh, Peter's in the house. So we could get really like detailed and go into all sorts of tactics and phrases. But at the end of the day, I really do like how simply keeps it and that phrase is great. I'm going to I'm going to get Peter's thoughts on this. Hey Peter, what do you think about this phrase? If you and I were in a fight in a discussion and you told me something that I disagree with and I use this phrase. Peter, I don't blame you one bit for feeling as you do. If I were you, I would undoubtedly feel just as you do uh what do you think about that peter do you like that hey hey peter it's great to have you how are you i'm all good Vanessa how are you wonderful hey i i was getting your thoughts on the book but uh it's it's just wonderful to have you here do you do you have any thoughts on what we're talking about or did you just show up?
1: I'm just show up.
0: Amazing. Okay, well, I won't, I won't pressure you with any thoughts quite yet. <laughs> <That's welcome. laughs> thank, you for, thank you for coming up here, my friend. Welcome. And we also got my brother, Dave. David, thank you for coming through. How are you, my friend?
2: Good, brother. Twitter was being a pain in the side. I had to uninstall it, reinstall from uh, the Samsung app from the Samsung store instead. It was really weird, so I missed the first app half, half of the call because of silly app crashes. Technology, uh, love hate relationship with it sometimes. I'm glad
0: I'm glad you got it figured out. Maybe this will help with your future uh, crashes. It seemed to be. Wonky for you, so maybe, yeah. maybe this is a good
2: way. Yeah, it was. I wonder if some of the times I felt like I was getting rugged from the Twitter that it was, you know, from the call, I mean, that it was Twitter. Could be. Hey, who's whose cute voice
0: is that in the background? Squishy Sophie. Hi, Sophie. Nicoleen says hi. Hi, Sophie.
2: Put this in your ear.
0: Say, I miss say hi. you.
2: Can you hear him? Yeah. Say I miss hi. you, Sophie. How are you, buddy? Say hi. hi. Just say hi. Hi.
0: Oh, I can't wait to see you. I miss you. Hey, hey. Peter says hi too.
2: The friend <laughs> Peter that with the toast pitcher says hi. Say hi. Say hi to Lane and all the friends on the call. Co- oh, she, she. uh. Put down the the earbud and blushed.
0: <laughs> She's so sweet. Oh my goodness. Well, Dave, we we were just listening to me blab. So you you uh, I was saved by Dave. This is great. Um, what do you think about this principle? Uh, be sympathetic with the other person's ideas and desires. And the one line that he uses as a magic phrase is. I don't blame you one bit for feeling as you do. If I were you, I would undoubtedly feel just as you do. He says that this is a magic phrase that will stop arguments, eliminate ill feeling, create goodwill, and make the other person listen attentively. And I used as an example of a phrase that is opposite of that, that will not work and will only cause more problems, is saying something like, yo, you're acting crazy. Calm down. So those were some of my thoughts, uh, kind of summarized. I'd love to hear uh, what you think about this principle.
2: Yeah, hey, that's a good thought. Uh, how you just said that—if you told someone, "Hey, man, you're acting crazy," that—that that could make them feel like they're being reflected on as being crazy. That's a good point. Yeah, I mean, along those same lines. I like how this author phrases things. He, you know, he may phrase things a little bit old-fashioned or outdated with the lingo, but I still like it, you know, how he says some of the the old-fashioned language, like what was the other one I wrote down? I liked how he said I like how he writes things sometimes, calling people cantankerous cusses. Yeah, he said, yeah, that's what it was. He said the better answer where. You know, the magic phrase, like you said, Lane, where um, you say, I don't blame you one iota for feeling as you do. If I were you, I would undoubtedly feel as you do for being more sympathetic, the phrasing things. I like how he said the author said an answer like that, on the other hand, will soften the most cantankerous old cuss alive. I love that. Sometimes I just I love how he throws out lingo like that that just tickles me the way he writes is kind of cool old fashioned, but cool, you know, basically.
0: Yeah. He even throws some alliteration in there too with it. And, uh, I, I agree. It's funny. It's like listening to grandpa, either one of our grandpas, just funny little old timey things. <laughs> it's awesome.
2: Oh, it totally is. I, I like that too. And, but he also writes kind of poetically kind of, the third one I wrote down, to was like I, I'm starting to take notes on how he expresses things because he, Dale Carnegie's a master writer of almost poetic, too. What was the other one? Yeah, he says that there's enormous chemical value of sympathy in neutralizing the acid of hard feelings. That's deep. I love how he writes that. I want to repeat that's a, that. That's like a phrase. That's yeah, a phrase I want to
0: stuck out to me also. It yeah. really helped me visualize it. It was cool.
2: I just want to repeat that because that one, I like underlined it too. It was just so cool. There's enormous chemical value of sympathy in neutralizing the acid of hard feelings. That was really poignant and powerful to me. I, it really stuck out, and I thought, how cool. You know, he's putting it in chemistry terms too.
0: Yeah, and acid is a really uh, a really strong word for me. It, it helps me visualize. Maybe it was growing up. I'm not even joking on Batman in that that scene with the chemical vat with the, whatever it was. <laughs> I love it. Like acid has terrified me my whole life because of that scene. And like I think uh, when I read that, I I get just in my mind a super strong like acid visually I can picture it. And then this other chemical that is neutralizing it. It was great. Yeah. Really good writing. I, I agree with you. I loved that. That one line specifically was great. Do you have any other good examples that you like from his writing?
2: But yeah, by the way, it's cool how he paints, he helps paint the scenario with that writing. And then he gives all those examples. Like you like you just said, he gives great examples. I, I really got into the story of President Taft and how the disappointed but ambitious mother kept trying various ways to play on his sympathy of reconsidering him, not appointing her son. You know, Taft got pressure from the other side objectively. He, he was objectively pressured to appoint a different person to a political position back in the day because the other person met the technical qualifications a lot better and so that was objective but this mother was very subjective and she was almost to the point of bitter that taft didn't appoint her own son because she felt like she got president taft you know to pass an administrative bill and so she thought she got you know, butthurt basically that Taft didn't return the favor. Um, I just got pulled into that story of how the the mom even maybe not faked bit getting sick, but faked the can- the deadly cancer part of it. And I just thought, wow, this wife—I mean, this yeah—the wife to the political husband, the mom of the son trying to get in politics too. She was trying all kinds of things to make President. Taft feel bad you know writing mean to him faking deadly death by i think she even faked her death because it did you catch that lane like i think she even faked her death where it called an articulomorsis which is like a a note a death note when i looked it up like it sounds like she faked her own death <laughs> and
0: i'm wondering too i thought the same
2: thing yeah Just he tried so many things and Taft, you know, maybe felt bad and he was mad at this lady for being ridiculous. So at first he wrote a really bitter reply, but then he locked it away in a closet. I mean, not a closet, a drawer for two whole days. And I like how he the author said that Taft always told people lock something bitter away for two days. That's the standard that made me laugh if you're going to write something bad, lock it away for two days. That's the standard. Like, I love that. But then he pulled it out two days later and wrote a more polite response to her. And she wrote back that she felt bad for getting mad. But then that's when she tried again to make him feel bad by pretending to be sick or almost even dead. I I didn't quite get if she really faked her death. That was weird. But Anyway the the point is she tried all these things to do it but Taft was so suave and so smooth that he handled it and played the cards right politically to the point where she and her husband finally gave up and they you know they couldn't outplay him politically and they you know they gave up trying to push the sun they even were the first two to greet Taft at the celebration of the all the people being appointed I just That was just such a pull-me-in story of the chapter. You know, it felt like a little mini novel inside the chapter, uh, you know, a a captivating story. And I'm like, that is interesting that he really had to use sympathy just right, but also politically. And I just thought that was an interesting story that the author painted, you know, this principle on of, of sympathy. I don't know what. What were your thoughts on it? Like, parts of it confused me, but but also intrigued me. What yeah, did
0: uh, I, I liked that story? And I like how he can get his point across so quickly and with you know a little bit of flowery language, but at the same time, like not too much. These these chapters are so quick. In a few pages, you get like a a handful of stories that are like you said, a a quick little novel, but it was just boom, like one page. And there there was another story that, uh, is, there is another story that is, uh, really similar. Uh, I, I feel like I related to it where he had the radio show and he interviewed someone prominent from, you know, a certain area and he, he introduced her from the wrong city. And one of the, one of the listeners was so mad because she grew up in the the correct city and she was so upset because it was a chance for her city to get some recognition. And it was so important to the people in her town that this person was from that town. And how could you mess up something so simple and Del Carnegie much like your story was like okay first first thing i want to do is rip this person's head off and be like yo how rude of you and he didn't do exactly uh what you said that the other guy that Taft did where he, he wrote it away put it away for a couple of days which i love that i need to do that i need to take a negative thought write it down and stow it away and 2 days later come back and be like oh Instead, I usually come back two days later to an embarrassing text message that I actually just immediately write and send. You know what I mean? So I I love the the idea of write it down, stow it away, come back two days later. And uh, with this story, oh Peter, you got your hand up. Let me let me finish this story real quick, and then I'll I'll get over to you. Uh, he essentially cooled down, and just like the principal, he says ma'am, thank you for your feedback. I made the correction the next time on air, and I just wanted to personally apologize to you. And with that approach, the lady was like, oh, I'm embarrassed, I'm I'm ashamed. Uh, this is so nice of you to approach me like this with feedback. I really want to continue to get to know you better. You're awesome. And it was like, it would feel good to rip her head off and be like, yo, shame on you. You jerk. What I was just doing a nice thing and I made a simple mistake and here you are. But I relate to this because I've worked in uh, so many different businesses that require good customer service. And I also, as a project uh, founder, I require feedback to keep the community excited and happy. And so I love this. I've put this into practice. I try to where I take feedback, I say, "Oh my gosh, I completely understand where you're coming from. I'd feel the exact same way if I were you. Let me let's try to make it better together." And it's it's always so cool that it actually produces great ideas. I'm always like better friends with the person afterwards. They they become a a better Uh, customer of whatever business I'm running or in web three, an awesome community member and good friend. Like I love when people have feedback because it means that they care. Even if they're pissed off, it's like, whoa, this person cares enough about this to be pissed off. I am going to listen and I am going to try to hear them from their perspective because they're probably right. So I I really related from a business perspective also uh, with this chapter, Peter. I'm sorry to keep your hand up. What are your thoughts, my friend?
2: Uh, just tweeted
1: about my 3D panda. Spread the love, everyone. Thank you.
0: Yeah, Peter. Oh, Peter picked up a 3D panda at a great deal. Man, Peter, I appreciate you so much. Hey. Peter I saw you up on stage uh weren't you on the ape spaces stage was that you
1: yeah that's me
0: yeah making the rounds oh man Peter you're awesome bro so Dave uh what what are some yeah of bro
2: your talk thoughts? talk to me my brother. what are <laughs> your,
0: what are some of your thoughts with this with
2: with with what parenting i was adjusting my uh oh parenting yeah at first i thought you said what are your thoughts with this with panda i said oh man so many tie-ins to panda <laughs> 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 yeah with parenting i well first of all i like how you tied it in with your business and that's so true with people getting mad you know it means that they care well, that they're yeah. not just and Dave. You know,
0: for everyone that uh, doesn't know, you you are kind of in charge of. Don't you manage some customer service people?
2: Um, I, I did before. I, I managed a few over in the Philippines, and but because um, I I'm sure this as not only uh-huh. as like a yeah Japan service, one in Japan as well. You're right.
0: Like someone that manages. Other customer service people. Not only are you hearing the stories of other people yelling at them, angry, but didn't you and haven't you experienced like the ladder of like people are pissed, and then those people are pissed at you, and you have to like take the 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 you know take the beating from them yeah. all off and have to calm them down as well. I don't know. I I'm thinking about our offices here in town, but. Anyway, sorry to interrupt you. I just know that you have a lot of No, no. uh
2: experience. I like angry people. I like that. Yeah, no, I like the uh I like the add-ins you mentioned because it's all applicable. It's all it's all kind of beating that learning curve where at first you feel you feel like you need to what what's the phrase I'm looking for? Get thicker skin, you know, when when you're not used to someone yelling at you in the business you'd really quick have to get the thick skin and get used to it. But you're right. It's because when they do, you have to think, oh, this person really cares. It's so true. They, they're calling in to tell their feelings because they they want to be heard. They want their feelings to be noticed. And I like that, Lane. That means that they care enough to show their passion for it and to show their care for it, really. So it's absolutely true. And to be fair, I wasn't for I wasn't for a long time managing the people in the Philippines because the business shifted you know more over to Europe and Middle East kind of away from Asia so that that changed my own job things where I'm not really I'm not really supervising them. Now I'm more in more doling out the rewards for people that rank up in the business now, you know, but at the time, you're right, we had to, well, here's another thing, the people in Japan don't really get pissy, you know, (laughs) they, they kind of kill you with kindness, but that's another thing, you have to out-sympathize the Japanese people, that's another game, they're masters at this game of killing you with kindness and sympathy, you have to out sympathize them so that's that's the whole other side of the coin really dealing with the japanese who are masters of this principle i think haven't you noticed that with the japanese i mean not that this is a discussion about japanese but really personalities in your business for example lean have you noticed what have you noticed about the different you know takes on this on this principle I, th- I, th- I guess you first you first asked me about parenting and I turned it back on business, which is I apologize if I had twisted it back away from parenting.
0: No, that's OK. I, I think it's super applicable. And I think you're right. Japanese people are so respectful and so kind. We saw that with I mean, some of mom's best friends growing up, uh, Miss Barry and then Yoshiko I mean, we've we've grown up around Japanese culture. You you lived in Japan. I mean, it's it really isn't like oh, some Japanese people are nice and respectful. Like it's in their blood. They are very respectful, and I'm sure even even on like a level of if someone doesn't like you, they still treat you with respect. I I agree. I loved I loved being in Japan. Oh my gosh.
2: It's a it's a cool place, isn't it? I mean, you think about how neat and clean everything is there, how respectful they are. You don't want to get a samurai mad or you might lose your head, you know, but <laughs> but overall you're so true, they're so respectful. Yeah, they have a great culture and
0: I I love uh any culture that has a powerful martial arts culture built into it and infused in its history. And, um, you're absolutely right. The, these people that live martial arts principles of, you know, being prepared to be a killer when you need to. And, you know, being, being a gardener in a war versus being a a warrior in a garden. I forget the exact phrase, but that along those lines, I love that about uh, the Japanese culture. They're they're so sweet and kind, but it's like, woo! I don't know who I don't want to mess with. (laughs) You know, I love that. But uh, yeah, so
2: true. Well said about the culture in the garden because they cultivate in their own culture a lot like they garden. I just I just wanted to say that because this principle reminded me a lot of Japan of this chapter. Simply because they are masters of this sympathy thing, and it's kind of hard to beat them at this game to me, maybe I'm looking at it different, but i I see the Japanese culture is just taking this principle and refining it into a perfect marble marble you know beautiful principle anyway, I don't mean to be on a tangent about Japanese it's just I look at people that do this principle well. I feel like I learned a lot from the Japanese people about this principle. But at the same time, Lane, when I was reading this chapter, not just, not just the President Taft story, but the other stories, I saw that there, there's an art to this principle. It's not just uh, the, the earlier principles of remembering someone's name or or the other ones this one this one kind of has a science or an art to it to me and that's why i thought of japanese people they've spent so long at developing this principle well i don't know what are your thoughts when you read it cuz i really i really saw that you can do this principle really bad if you're not good at approaching it Or you can do it masterfully like some people, the Japanese, for example, have worked at it so long. I don't know. What are your thoughts kind of as you, you know, I'm curious what you thought. Because to me, reading the chapter, it just really evoked this art or science to it that's that may not be easy to to master, you know, when you really look at it.
0: Well, I I think you bring up a good point, Dave, in that... Depending on where you're from, you might be from a a faster paced place. I love New York City, but let's be honest, people are in a rush and moving fast. And if you're in their way, they'll tell you to get out of the way (laughs) and they'll tell you their, their true honest thoughts. And, uh, you go to Wyoming and it's a little slower and you know, you, you go to, uh, Texas and I've knocked doors in all sorts of cities And the Texans will tell you no with the sweetest possible way and invite you in for tea and waste your time being so sweet. And like, it's like, oh, they're so nice. I I can't refuse the tea. I know they're not going to buy anything from me, but oh, what a problem. Everyone's too nice. And then you go to Southern California and I got my, the door slammed in my face 93% of the time. You know, it's it is true. Um, Again, I don't I don't want to step into uh, any any trouble areas where I'm talking about groups of people. But I I do think there is some truth to you know where you come from. There's different cultures, different speeds, different uh, a lot of differences, and you do get culture shock going to different places because of that very reason. And that's why I love traveling. I've never had bad culture shock the the only culture shock i've ever experienced and i've been to a lot of places is just pure fascination and disbelief like no freaking way is this place this nice that's what i thought the whole time in japan i'm like i'm going to meet that person i'm going to meet that person that is just a dick just like any normal American city that I'll be in, <laughs> flip me off and I'm jaywalking. They cuss at me. You know that's just what I expect, and it just didn't happen in Japan. So I I do think it's fun to uh, you know without getting into trouble or or sounding uh, in any way hateful towards anybody. I I do like to uh, talk about cultures and what I love about them and. Uh, I think you're absolutely right, and that's a fun. That is a fun uh, observation that I think the, the Japanese culture has done really, really well at this principle, and uh, it's it's fun to analyze uh, cultures that do well at at certain things. And I'm an American, and I think <sighs> I can hate on myself a little bit and Americans, but at the same time, in doing that. I'll probably piss someone off, so it's it's like i I think there's a lot of cultures that do it better than us though, so that's all I'm gonna say um but uh I do Dave want to get your thoughts on on parenting before we close things out i'd I'd love to hear what you think about this principle with parenting,
2: yeah, maybe partly because of being in Japan a bunch, but also you know, not harping on Japan too much. I I bring that up just because that has an effect on my parenting. Having been there and, and seen how good they are at it. I also being far from perfect. I might personally take that over sympathizing and go overboard with it as parenting, meaning I should probably learn some tough love with my kids but i err on the side of being sympathetic with their with my kids ideas and desires because i i remind myself they're just kids but at the same time kids will push boundaries they'll see how far they can push so they do need tough love so this one's a hard one for me cuz i i have to learn to balance it better you know i'm i can be a pushover and i remember as a kid when mom wouldn't buy us, you know, sugar cereals, we'd go to dad and, and he'd be like, sure, throw in some pretty Pebbles and, <laughs> oh yeah, throw in some Count Chocula. I don't know, just all the sugar cereals. And I'm turning into dad. I The kids don't get it from mom or vice versa. They don't get it from me. They try the other parent and they try mom. So it's hard. This is... This is a hard one to balance as a parent for me because I have to learn tough love. I have to learn the other side of the coin of, nope, I'm not going to be sympathetic to you. Sorry. That's hard for me to do, to be stone cold Steve Austin, tough love, you know? Yeah, well, I, <laughs> Those are my initial thoughts. I was
0: excited to hear your answer because I, I figured it would be this, actually, because I grew up with you as my big brother and... You you parent much like you brothered, and you were patient. You listened to me where I was coming from. You never made me feel judged or stupid for any any question I ever had, ever. Like I I just – I couldn't see you answering this one with like, oh, I think I need to do better. I, I expected you to be like, oh, you know what? I think I do this one too well. I, I really think you're a great example of uh, – being able to see where someone's coming from, you ask good questions, you hear people, you comment on the things that they said instead of offering opinions that make someone feel unheard like so i I was uh, excited to hear if if you would. I guessed that's what you would say. I love that, <laughs> but I do, I do I love it. I love it. Yeah, and Dave, I I know we keep uh, talking about this on every space, but this is what happens when my bro comes on my my spaces. We're going to kick it and talk about being bros. And I just have to remind everyone, you're an awesome big bro. And uh, if I ever had a little sibling... Oh, thanks, brother. Yeah, I I definitely (laughs) had a good example if I would have ever had a little sibling. But I think I... Uh, was, and still am pretty good with the nieces and nephews and my kids, because I had, I had you as a great example, you know, like you would here. here's a perfect,
2: thanks thanks for your kind words.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, let me tell you one example. I think that kind of, uh, summarizes what kind of brother you are and I could use a million examples, but trampoline after school, we're bouncing around doing fake fights and you would let me win like every time, bro. You were never that brother <laughs> that pinned me down and made me uncomfortable yeah. and like gave me wedgies. You were the brother that you were like, okay, okay, now try this and I'll go flying and then and then you <laughs> win like in the movies we would make. You would you would make yourself the bad guy that gets defeated by me and my friends that were the good guys like just good good brother example and I, I do think you're a good example of this principle of uh, yeah so I, I don't know about you and and stormy no, and thanks you, bro but I I can only assume that you do a great job of uh, addressing problems with lines like like this one I'll, I'll just repeat it I don't blame you one bit for feeling as you do. If I were you, I would undoubtedly feel just as you do. And I, I just, I can honestly think of a few very specific situations where Dave, you've almost said those exact words to me, in in, in a different way. But uh, yeah, much love for being understanding and sympathetic towards what I'm ever going through. You're a great person to go. through too and i have never really uh felt a lack of people around me that are good at this because boom dave
2: (laughs) well you're awesome brother i appreciate those kind words i do and man you were easy to be cool too because you were so stinking cool and fun and i was proud to show you off to my friends because you know because you weren't some geeky kid that was like let's go drink some eggnog guys you know like i don't know you were just cool and i do love eggnog. you were also <laughs> <laughs> i don't know why that came to mind just like i'm thinking of the christmas story kids or something <laughs> you know
0: <laughs> oh man what? for some reason
2: i thought of eggnog and Christmas story, but my point being just that you're just a KK brother that was. You're also fun and easy to relate to, so it was simple for me to to be a nice brother too because you made it easy. I mean, that's the truth. I'm not blowing smoke here. It's like it was like that example I told you, taking you taking to our graduating party of a talent show, and how proud I was to show you off to the ladies I had crushes on and. And the fellas that performed in the bands is just, it's because, you know, you've always had a charm and a charisma to you. And I'm like, heck yeah, this is my bro, guys. And, you know, just, you've always been able to chill with my friends. And, you know, like this one, this principle really reminds me of times how it is easy as brothers like us to practice this because... Just because of the experiences we've had, like that, you know, yep. that come to mind. Yeah, we've had we've had great examples of this. I think I,
0: I think we would be kind of crappy people if we weren't good at this because we, yeah, we've had good examples of this.
2: Oh, absolutely.
0: Well, I'm going to pick a giveaway winner, Dave. Peter, any any final thoughts, Peter? You see that. See that tweet I pinned up, Top
1: Baby? Yeah, I see that already.
0: Yeah. Oh, evening. I love that little guy. Oh, I love that little crown, little football player. Oh, <laughs> uh, you're the best, Peter. Thanks for coming up here, my friend. Welcome. Peter, do you have any any last words for us? Any words of wisdom?
1: Uh, uh... I really didn't remember anything.
0: Hey, that's okay. Just having you up here has got me all pumped up. So thank you, my friend. Thank you. Dave, you have any closing thoughts for us?
2: No, I just say I've enjoyed this one, really. There's so many examples. The author paints that we could talk about another hour, I think, but I think we've covered the the main gist of it, of how powerful it can be. For example, all the way up to mastering like the Japanese do in my mind. They're a culture that really masters this one. So there's so much to talk to, but I think we hit the gist of it, of how it can improve relationships in the poetic way that the author talks about it, of the, mo- the most cantankerous cuss alive can be tamed by this. I just like how he writes those things that there's an art to this one and I'm far from perfect at it, but it can, it really can tame the most cantankerous old cuss alive. I think of the movie grumpy old men and I can't remember what it's about just except for grumpy old men, but you know, even grumpy old men like them, they can be tamed by this. And it's just a powerful principle to me. That's kind of the the thoughts I have that, there's a lot, it's a simple principle, but there's a lot to it, the art of it.
0: Agreed, good sir. And let me just repeat that phrase. This is really what the whole chapter is about. So, tomorrow, I it, it keeps happening to me where situations come up and I have like opportunities to practice these things. <laughs> so, tomorrow... Let's see if you come across a situation where this line will help you. I don't blame you one bit for feeling as you do. If I were you, I would undoubtedly feel just as you do. Now, obviously, you can word that how you would say it. There's a million different ways to say that, but I like it. I like it. I like it. I like it. I have a few people in mind that I know I can respond differently just like that and My life will be easier. (laughs) So before I get uh, the winner here, I'm just looking up, making sure they're in the space. And I want to remind you that these books that we're reading for Bamboo Book Time are available in the Health and Fitness Utility. We are coming up on the last few chapters. We've already had a lot of great book ideas in the Discord. I, I created a book ideas channel. Please hop in there with any suggestions. We'll get some together and we'll vote on it as a community for what we'll read next and uh, get together and discuss. So please take advantage of that. That's honestly one of my favorite, favorite things is when somebody takes advantage of the health and fitness utility. It really makes my day. I I feel with this utility, I can truly be able to say I'm... I'm helping people <laughs> it feels really good when someone has a new book and it's like yes i i helped that happen or they're getting to the gym again and i know that's so stupid uh but i that's what i get out of this whole process is uh feeling feeling like i'm helping a little bit and so this health and fitness utility it definitely is exciting to me when you take advantage of it so please do I've got a winner here. They're in the room and they are definitely not unlucky. They won. Unlucky.eth. Congrats. I'll get 10 bucks to you. And everyone else, thank you so much. Um I have a late night indoor soccer game tonight. It's crazy how late this uh this center plays their games. <laughs> but I've got like a midnight game tonight. It's so fun and please wish me luck. I have not played soccer for a lot of years and it's just different than long distance running. I, I run two miles a day and when I play indoor soccer, my exercise induced asthma just haunts me. So please uh, wish me some luck that I I can make it through the game without uh, choking to death. <laughs> <laughs> I need to go get an inhaler. Uh, and no one, and then all my teammates don't believe me. They're like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah, asthma." Okay, I'm like, "I promise." <laughs> oh, but anyways, wish us luck. We we tore them apart last week, so I'm I'm hoping for a fun game. Hey, Dave and Peter, thank you guys for coming up here. Thank you everyone for coming through.
2: Thank, thank you, Lane. You rock. Thank you, Love you guys. Love Much you. Up. Much, much, love much yeah, I was gonna I was gonna say the same thing. Much love. I love that. Dave it's I It's like you. spread the love, share here. the love.
0: I got you up here as co-host. How'd you like that?
2: Yeah, yeah, that's fun. If you feel that was power. groovy. Thanks. Thanks for letting me experience that. Yeah, cool.
0: Yeah, you that's can fun. You've got the power. You can you can kick people off, but please don't kick <laughs> Peter
2: off. Oh, no way. It's <laughs> kind of it's kind of scary having this power. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'm not gonna tell you about the soundboard.
2: Oh that one that sounded like something out of <laughs> out of a horror movie that
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh well Thank hey you. Well, you guys have a wonderful night. You too. Yeah. Kick kick butt, you kick,
2: kick A. I was gonna say kick A at soccer, but you're someone that doesn't need a lot of luck with that. Speaking <laughs> of the lucky, unlucky thing, you don't need luck. You've you've got the gift at soccer. We'll see. So you're going to kick A anyway.
0: <laughs> we'll see. Thanks, bro. <laughs> uh, you guys have a Heck wonderful yes. night. We'll catch up tomorrow night. Absolutely. You too. All right. Good night, you guys. See you, Dave. See you, Peter. Bye, everybody. Good night. See you guys. Bye. Hey PandaFam, just a reminder, if you like our content, go ahead and follow us on Twitter at Pandamania underscore NFT and you can join our live episodes. Thank you.